1: To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor.
2: 2 Kings chapter 5, that's going to be what we're going to be looking at. as our text here, 2 Kings chapter 5 wonderful account here, and um, great to be able to have God speak to us through his word. Isn't that wonderful that we not only have a book, but it's the book through which God talks to us. That's marvelous. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for being a speaking God, a God who speaks to our hearts, Lord, who hears us when we pray and then speaks to us. Thank you, Lord, for your book, which is, Lord, more than just another book. It's the word of God. Thank you for it tonight, in Jesus' name, amen. So uh, 2 Kings, 2 Kings chapter five, verse one. Now, Naaman, captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master and honorable because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He was also a mighty man in valor, but... He was a leper. That's the title of the message tonight. A mighty man was a leper. He was a mighty man of valor, but he was a leper. And the Syrians had gone out by companies and had brought away captive out of the land of Israel a little maid. And she waited on Naaman's wife. And she said unto her mistress, Would to God, or would God, my Lord were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. And one went out and told his lord, saying, Thus and thus said the maid that is of the land of Israel. And the king of Syria said, Go to, go, and I will send a letter unto the king of Israel. And he departed and took with him ten talents of silver, six thousand pieces of gold, ten changes of raiment, and he brought the letter to the king of Israel, saying, Now when this letter has come unto thee, behold, I have herewith therewith, therewith I have therewith sent Naaman my servant to thee, that thou mayest recover him of his leprosy. And it came to pass when the king of Israel had read the letter that he rent his clothes and said, am I God to kill and make alive? Did this man descend unto me to recover a man of his leprosy? Wherefore, consider, I pray you, and see how he seeketh a quarrel against me. And it was so when Elisha, the man of God, had heard that the king of Israel had rent his clothes that he sent to the king, saying, wherefore hast I rent thy clothes? Let him come to me, let him come now to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with his horses, with his chariot, and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. Elisha sent a messenger unto him, saying, Go and wash in Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. But Naaman was wroth and went away and said, Behold, I thought he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place. Recover the leper. Are not Abana and Pharpar? Rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel. May I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. And his servants came near and spake unto him and said, My father, if the prophet had bid thee do some great thing, wouldst thou not have done it? How much rather than when he saith to thee, wash and be clean. Then went he down and dipped himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God. And his flesh came again like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. And he returned to the man of God, he and all his company, and came and stood before him, and he said, Behold, now I know that there is no God in all the earth but in Israel. Now, therefore, I pray thee, take a blessing of thy servant. But he said, As the Lord liveth before whom I stand, I will receive none. He urged him to take it, but he refused. So title of this message tonight is A Mighty Man Was a Leopard. It's not seven ducks in a muddy river. (laughs) Okay, so now we've been studying here great Gentiles in the Bible. Great Gentiles in the Bible because they were great, because they had great faith. And God did great miracles on their behalf. Those were miracles that were intended for the lost sheep of the house of Israel, but those miracles were, were like the crumbs that fell off the table that the great Gentiles of faith, like the woman from Canaan that we studied, we saw her earlier, how she battled her way through all the discouragements. She would not let the Lord Jesus Christ go until he blessed her by healing her daughter. She was a great Gentile of faith. And then we saw the centurion, the centurion who in great humility, he got a crumb also of the miracle of the healing of his servant, He was a great Gentile of faith. So we turn from this woman of Canaan, we turn from this centurion, and we ask, okay, who's next? Who's next? Which great Gentile of faith are we gonna study? And we look at verse one, and it's almost as if God answers that question, and he says, now Naaman. Okay, now Naaman, wonderful. Now the Lord has set Naaman, a Syrian captain before us to see another great Gentile of faith. What's God's message with all these great Gentiles of faith? It's that God is the one who, according to 1 Timothy 2.4, God will have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. God wants all peoples, all Gentiles, all nations, peoples of the world to be saved. Well, here's Naaman. He's a captain of the Syrian army. He's under uh, the king Ben-Hadad, and the Syrians have always been a fierce uh, warriors. They're fierce today. By their brutality, they instilled fear in their enemies. And under Naaman, the Syrians had won many battles, including battles against Israel. And so you notice in verse 1 how Naaman is described as a great man with his master, King ben And Naaman was decorated. He was a decorated captain of he was, as the Lord gave him all these victories over serious enemies. So you see in verse 1 where it says how Naaman is described, he was a mighty man in valor. And then at the end of the verse, there's this one word, and it feels like hitting a block wall, and that's the word, but. He was also a mighty man in valor, but he was a leper. What a tragedy. This great war strategist, this great leader of the army, this great fearless fighter, this great deliverer for Syria, this mighty man of valor was a leper. This great and mighty man had to keep his skin covered to conceal the fact that he was a leper. He had a secret, of course, everybody knew, but everybody knew, but, but he kept himself covered, and that was the disease of leprosy that turned his skin a ghostly white and then ate away at his fingers and his toes. He was a great man. He was a mighty man, but his skin was so terrible. He was so highly esteemed in Syria, being so decorated and great and mighty, but his skin was so terrible that you could go to the lowest slave in Syria, and you could say to that slave, would you exchange your position with Naaman? All you have to do is just exchange skins, and that slave would say, no way. No, because it's this word but in verse one and it's the word but that we see in people's lives today. So I have a friend who has everything going for him. He's just sold his business, retired with a very comfortable bank account. He loves to golf. He's looking forward to a great life of retirement with his wife. Everything is going perfectly for him but he was just diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. That's like hitting a block wall. I had another friend who he started, he started his business at the same time I started mine at Scannerbodies. He lived in LA and we were we we were close and we had children at the same time. He used to come down and visit me down here from LA. How many of you remember that there were two Anthony restaurants in San Diego, one across the street? You remember that? Yeah, well, okay, so I don't know if you remember this part. But every Friday night, it was all the crab you could eat. And so my friend and I used to come down there, and we used to have a competition who could make the tallest crab shells, the highest pile of crab shells, you know. Is that any wonder why that business went out of business? (laughs) Anyway, he did well in his business. He sold it for $90 million. He was looking forward to a comfortable life, a pleasurable retirement, but aortic aneurysm, stomach cancer, bam, like hitting a block wall. Well, here's Naaman; he's got a great success in his military career. He's a national hero. He's got great honor from the king. He has everything that's going for him. But he was a leper. Why? Why do these butts happen in life? The answer is always the same. From the Lord Jesus Christ in Mark eight thirty six, Mark eight thirty six, where the Lord said, "What shall it profit a man?" if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul. Or you could just put a blank, and you could just say, what shall it profit a man if, blank, fill it in, and he loses his own soul? What shall it profit a man if he has a big, comfortable bank account, and he's on, clear and he retires at 40 years old, and he loses his own soul? What shall it profit a man if he builds a prestigious reputation for himself, and he loses his own soul? What shall it profit a man if he works out in the gym and he's and he's 50 years old and he's got a perfect six-pack or 12-pack? I don't know what pack. I don't have any packs, but what shall it profit a man if he has that? And the answer is always the same words from the Lord Jesus Christ in Mark 8:37, where the Lord said, What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? What's it worth? Man. The problem with man, the problem with us and all of men, is that man is just not able to direct the path of his life. He can't do it. He can't do it. The Lord said in Jeremiah 10.23, Jeremiah 10.23, when Jeremiah said, Oh, Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. Man can't do it. Left to himself. Without the guidance of God in life, man will always choose the way of death. He will always choose the way that leads to an eternal death where he loses his own soul. As the Lord said in Proverbs, he said it twice, but one of the places where he said it in Proverbs fourteen twelve. Proverbs fourteen twelve. there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death, right over the cliff. The end thereof are the ways of death. That's the reason for the great buts in man's life. It's God stopping man from giving his soul to the pursuit of what will go over the cliff in eternal death. That's the reason why verse one reads, he was also a mighty man of valor, but he was a leper. That all important but in Naaman's life was to stop him from building his life around himself, his reputation, his career, and to bring Naaman to where God wanted him, which is a conclusion he came to in verse 15 when he finally says, Behold, now I know that there is no God in all the earth but in Israel. I have a friend right now who doesn't know the Lord, and he has a giant butt in his life, and he only sees the butt as a great obstacle in his life. I intend to help him to come to the same conclusion. So verse one introduced for us Naaman and the great introduction with Naaman is this word but. That's what defines his life here, that he was a leper. Now verse two, we have introduced a fabulous, different person, a fabulous person. And it says there, and the Syrians had gone out by companies and had brought away captive out of the land of Israel, a little maid. And she waited on Naaman's wife. Her name is, We don't know her name, that's just the point. We don't know her name. Her name is a little maid, that's her name. That's how she's called. We can't say enough about this little maid. There should be a monument built to her. We should have a statue of her, the little maid. She was not killed by the Syrians when they battled with the Israelites. The Syrians saw her, oh, she's valuable. So they took her and spared her life And she now finds herself as a captive slave. She's a spoil of war. That's a pretty sad future for a young Jewish girl. But that's not how she saw herself. She trusted and she hoped in God. And God, she saw, God has put me in a strategic position here. I'm the servant to Naaman's wife. So what we see in this little maid is that she was not discouraged with her place in life. She didn't live under the cloud of, why me? Why did I have to be captured as a slave? Why does my life have to be as a servant forever to a Syrian? She didn't let the circumstances of life discourage her in life. And now we see how this little maid spoke to Naaman's wife in verse 3. She said unto her mistress, would to God, she said unto her mistress, would, would God, would God, my Lord, were with the prophet that's in Samaria for he would recover him of his leprosy. Now you read that, and you say, "What? What did she have the boldness? What did she have the chutzpah to say? She's got a lot of nerve here. What? Who? Who is? Who is this person saying this? Naaman's wife. It, 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 to Naaman's wife, she says, "Would God, my lord, or with the prophet that's in Samaria? What is she? What has she got the nerve to say?" that the most powerful Syrian captain who has decimated the Jewish armies the Jewish people that he should go to a Jewish prophet in Samaria just imagine what she's wishing for for the captain of Samaria to go to one of his conquered people not even in the capital of Jerusalem but in Samaria i mean you know which some you you know she could have very well have heard keep keep quiet child When this little maid said that, would to God, that was a prayer. That was a prayer on her behalf. It showed that she was a mighty woman of prayer. And her prayer to God was, my Lord, we're with the prophet in Samaria. Now there's only one reason why anybody, why she had this boldness to to say these things. There was only one reason why she prayed this, and it's the same reason that Paul had when he preached to the Jewish people about the Lord Jesus Christ, when he prayed for the for the Jewish people, and the reason he gave is in Romans 9, Romans 9, 1, where Paul said, I say the truth in Christ, I lie not, my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost that I have great heaviness and a continual sorrow. I mean, just think about this, great heaviness, Continual, unending sorrow in my heart, for I could wish myself accursed from Christ, for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh, who are Israelites. And then he said in Romans ten one, Romans 10, 1, he says, "Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved." It was be. Why did Paul do this? Why did he have this feeling that he say, "I will go to hell"? if it means that they can go to heaven, I'll do it. I'll exchange places. And he says, I'm not lying, and the Holy Ghost is my witness here. Why would he say such a thing like that? Because Paul cared for the Jewish people. That's the reason he prayed like that. That's the reason why he he had that wish that somehow, if it would be possible, he would do it. It was because he cared for the Jewish people. That's the reason why he preached the gospel to them. That's the reason why he wrote. Romans 1:16 and said, "I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So what we're seeing here is that if we feel that we need to speak more to the lost, about the Lord Jesus Christ, if we feel that we're not praying enough for the lost to be saved, you know what our prayer should be? Lord, help me to feel more care for them. Help me to care more for the lost because this little maid cared. She cared for Naaman. She didn't take the position of, well, after what the Syrians did and after what Naaman did to my people serves them right. No, that wasn't her mentality at all. She loved the family that she served. She prayed for them. She spoke to them about the power of God, about the fame of God, the glory of the only true God, the God of Israel what does it mean? It means that this maid saw her bondage. She was a slave in Syria. She said, that's an opportunity. That's a wonderful opportunity. She's just like the disciples who had their houses decimated. They ran for their lives. Everything was just robbed away from them by the Romans, and they had to leave. And what did they do in the great diaspora? Acts 8.4, Acts 8.4. Therefore, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word, just like him. So when the unexpected happens to us, and we find ourselves in a place like, we didn't plan on being here, that's the time to follow this little maid and speak about the power and the might of the Lord Jesus Christ. This little maid, she didn't plan on being a captive in Syria. She planned on living her life among her Israelite people, but But God had other plans for her. So she took her situation from the Lord. She obeyed what God told the Jewish people to do when they go into captivity. God said, you're gonna go into captivity, He told the Jewish people, and here's your instructions for what you do when you end up in these places like Syria and Damascus and in Babylon. And the instructions were in Jeremiah 29, 7. Jeremiah 29, 7. He said to them, seek the peace of the city, whither I have caused you, to be, caused you to be carried away captives. And pray unto the Lord for it, for in the peace thereof you shall have peace. That's our calling too. That's our calling. It says in 1 Timothy 2.1, 1 Timothy 2.1, I exhort therefore that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in our authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. So when we see this little maid here speak about God, it shows us something, why it's so important to do what we're doing tonight when we send the kids out. It's so important for children to be taught about the wonderful works of God. Look what she did. That's why Sunday school for, t- for children is so important, is so that they can speak about God wherever they go. Jesus wants me for a sunbeam, to shine for him each day, in every way try to please him, at home, at school, at play. This little maid was so used of God that she defied and the devil, she defied the adversary, as it says in Psalm eighty-two. 2 Psalm eighty-two. 2 she was just one of the mouths out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies that thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger. So what happened? This little maid, she sees the leprosy of her Syrian master, she feels the pain. She feels the pain of it all and she wants him to be healed. So she not only sees the problem, she sees how he could be healed. She saw that God could heal her Syrian master. You know, there's a very interesting verse about this passage that the Lord Jesus Christ spoke in the book of Luke. It's very interesting because it says in Luke 4.27, Luke 4.27, it talks about lepers around Name it at that time. It says, many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elisha the prophet and none of them was cleansed, saving Naaman the Syrian. So the number, there were many lepers, there were many lepers in Israel, but the number of lepers that were cured, that were healed by God in Israel was zero.
1: Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org that's friendshipwithgod.org you can also go online to find free resources from tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org you can also find tom Cantor on facebook and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional tom Cantor is also the founder of israel restoration ministries you can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, 330 Santee, California, 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, 330 Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's Tom Cantor at FriendshipWithGod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800 247 3051. That's 800 247 3051.
0: What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor This program was brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.